Hi, I'm Ilya Parkins. For this episode, I sat down with Audrey to talk about her wedding and what she wore. In this case, a stunning red gown. Audrey's was one of my favorite wedding apparel stories because it gets at what it means to dress for a queer wedding in relation not only to your own fantasies and aspirations, but how other people affect your decisions. Audrey's a bisexual, cisgender Chinese-American woman. She married her wife a couple of years ago. Uh, her name is Tara. We, uh, we met 10 years ago when I was fresh out of college and uh, we've been married for a year and a half now. We met off OkCupid, so I'm really glad I was proactive in online dating at that time. Judging by the pictures, their wedding was a stunning affair. It was at a hotel, but the hotel uh, used to be a jail that had been renovated into being a hotel. And then we had a very, I guess, standard, first you have a ceremony outdoors, and then you go into the hotel ballroom for a sit-down meal. Um, but there was a lot of dancing um, and definitely a lot of uh, popular like clubbing hits from like our college days. So pretty traditional wedding with like a dance party tacked in at the end. For Audrey, planning her wedding came after a lifetime of thinking about it. I always wanted to get married. It was a childhood dream or fantasy. I totally blame Disney for this. I have also seen every episode of Say Yes to the Dress. So, you know, when you watch those shows, you see all those brides getting dresses, you naturally think about like, well, when I'm a bride and I go dress shopping, I'm gonna do this, this and that. And, um, which is, it's totally different. What I thought was gonna happen based on my Say Yes to the Dress viewings is not what happened in real life at all, but <laughs> definitely thought about it a lot coming up to the wedding. Like a lot of people, Audrey was really aware of the additional work that came with being a queer couple getting married. It does require a little bit more effort to plan a queer wedding, just because so many wedding procedures and standards are really dependent on there being like a man and a woman. Everything from, you know, what you wear to the order that you go down the aisle. And so there are a lot of things that you have to actively choose to either modify or discard for your own purposes and um even just like really simple things like getting a marriage license it's always like the form says husband and wife and then you cross it out and you say like spouse one or spouse two so there's just a lot of assumptions that you have to gently correct fortunately it wasn't a big deal we didn't come up across any opposition but it is that much more effort to have to navigate being the non-standard or non-default type of pairing. That even extended to the clothing they chose. Another thing about weddings is I feel like it's very Pinterest based or mood board based where you're supposed to collect a bunch of images to inspire you. And so the first thing I googled was Asian women getting married, one red dress, one white dress. And there were literally zero hits, which I still find really shocking. I actually just went ahead and Googled that again, and there still are no hits. There were definitely pictures of uh, couples where it was uh, an Asian woman and a white woman getting married, and the Asian woman was wearing, you know, an Asian style of dress, and the white woman was wearing a white dress, but still haven't seen two, like, East Asian women wearing dresses, but different colors. I guess because I'm not that creative or not that visually creative like I have a hard time picturing things in my head it was really frustrating to not you know be able to see an example of what it would look like 
I really wanted to have a red dress and a white dress at the wedding. And even though I couldn't find any examples, I was determined to make it happen. So it was a little, a little nerve wracking, biting the bullet and just like trusting that this would look good in the end. But I thought it turned out well. <laughs> Audrey raises such an important question here in a world that's saturated with images, where most sighted people take inspiration from what we see around us. What happens when we can't find ourselves in all those visuals? As Audrey said in another part of our chat, on a whole different topic, queer people are so often trying to make our outside appearances match our insides. So when the basic visual resources aren't there, we're hampered in trying to make that happen. But Audrey explained how she assembled a vision anyway. I thought that I was going to wear a very sweet, romantic white dress and that Tara, she would be wearing a red dress. And that's mostly based on our skin tones. I think red looks really good on her. She has a warmer skin tone than me. I was really eager to go dress shopping. So I bought a dress before we had booked the venue. Things didn't go quite as planned though. What happened was uh, Tara's parents we were not sure if they were going to come to the wedding or not. So we had started planning this wedding without any of their input. And then right when we were about to sign the contract for the venue, which originally was a restaurant, it was going to be a small intimate restaurant wedding. Uh, Tara called her parents and said, Hey, we are going to have a uh, wedding, our wedding at this restaurant and we want it to be for this dates. But before we commit to these dates, I just want to make sure that you are free because obviously you're my parents and I really want you to come. And Tara's parents are very traditional. So when they heard that our wedding was going to be at a restaurant, they were like, of course we would love to come to your wedding, but why are you having a fake wedding at a restaurant? Weddings are supposed to be either at churches or fancy hotels and anything that is not happening in those locations is not a wedding, it's just like a party. So we were like, oh, okay. And for Tara and I, we really were not sure that Tara's parents would come to the wedding. That was totally up in the air. And that would that was that would be a dream come true or that was a dream come true for Tara. Obviously Tara wants to have her parents involved with the wedding. So we were thinking, okay, if if what it takes to have Tara's parents be ready and willing and eager to come to the wedding is to switch venues from a restaurant wedding to a more traditional hotel ballroom lobby uh, wedding, so be it. Like we weren't super wedded haha wedded to the type of venue we just wanted the wedding to be fun and involve like all our loved ones so we didn't really care where it would be but that was the first in several concessions we made in wedding planning <laughs> by then i had already bought my white dress and then we started looking for wedding venues we started touring some hotels uh, with tara's parents along and then naturally they asked like how our wedding dress shopping was going. And we said, I was going to wear a white dress. I already bought it. And Tara was going to shop for a red dress. And we framed it as celebrating our cultural heritage, which is we, what well, we've, I say we framed it, but that's actually what we were thinking as well, because Chinese brides usually wear red. And in fact, a lot of um, a lot of Chinese American brides will wear a white dress for the ceremony, but switch to like a red Chinese style dress for the um, the reception. But when we when we said that, her parents were absolutely against it. 
in their minds, white is always the appropriate color for the bride. And they really wanted like, they're like, even though this is a gay wedding, a lesbian wedding, we still want our daughter to be the bride, so to say. So that means Audrey has to be the groom. Um, I think they're kind of missing the point of a, a relationship between two women. I prefer the look of like a white dress and a black tuxedo. Like when I see a white tuxedo and a white dress, I just, I like seeing the contrast between the two parties getting married. Um, kind of to symbolize like two parties coming together instead of, you know, two, two samey, samey, matchy, matchy. Audrey also had really interesting thoughts about queer visibility, about the contrasting dress colors really driving home the fact that she and Tara were a couple. That came up when I was trying to find inspirational pictures, because when I see these two, uh, when I Google, you know, two Asian women getting married, a lot of them were wearing identical white gowns, and they almost looked like they were going to a bride expo or models for wedding dresses, and I really didn't want that to happen. I didn't, that's not the way I wanted to look um, during my wedding. Yeah, I mean, as two Asian women, people have mistaken us for like sisters, cousins, mother, daughter even, which is like really disturbing. <laughs> um, I think it's just because I have like six inches on her. I'm a lot taller than her. So definitely did not want that to happen at all on the wedding day. <laughs> I want it to be very clearly like two people who are here, like two very, two different people coming together in a union. And so wanted that stark color difference to um, like hammer in the image. I love this idea, using the dresses really deliberately as a way to mark out the symbolism of them as a couple and of the wedding as an event. The red dress also allowed her to explore symbolism in other ways because of red's associations with strong feelings. When I went to go shop for a red dress, I was feeling pretty defiant and um, also very uncompromising. I would say usually I'm a very like collaborative, easygoing person, but I had been thinking about this since I was like five years old. So this was something I would not let go. I was like, well, okay, if I'm going to wear a red dress, I'm going to go all in. I want to be bold. I want to be sexy. I want to be powerful. Like I said before for the white dress, the keyword was romantic and sweet. But for a red dress, I was like, no, I want to be like the fantasy is I want to look like a goddess. <laughs> um, so very aggressive opposite direction. But I felt like I was we were already compromising on like the venue and the wedding color scheme as far as who was wearing what color. So like I will not compromise on what I'm wearing personally. So I'm going to be as bold as I want to be. I was so struck by how Audrey described what it felt like to wear her red gown on the day of her wedding, how she basically translated some of those feelings onto the day. Felt like a fantasy. I looked really different than how I do in real life. I had grown my hair out long for the wedding. Um, my hair's really short now. And, um, you know, had the makeup and everything. And I felt, ethereal. I was definitely going for like goddess-like and I think I achieved it. And I was also, I was a little nervous because I hadn't had hadn't had it all put together all at once. Um, I had someone do my hair because I'm really bad at doing hair. Um, and so to see the hair, the makeup, the dress, the shoes, the jewelry, because um, my mom brought some of her gold jewelry from her grandma and her. She brought it on the wedding day, so I'd never seen the dress with the jewelry on. So seeing the complete picture was, I was 
I was really happy, but also like super relieved and like super gratified and validated, I guess. Like ugh, everything I thought I wanted, I was like 99% sure that was what I wanted, but I wasn't like 100% sure because you, you never know until you like see it all. But just uh, really, re really rewarding in a way, actually. It sounds like part of what ensured that feeling for Audrey was choosing to wear shapewear, which was an agonizing decision as she described it. And I know it's one that's agonizing for many of us who understand how damaging the culture of thinness is. I also did choose to wear shapewear, which is something I usually don't do, um, not even for other fancy occasions. But like I said, the wedding was like a very like childhood fantasy dream moment for me. And I wanted to look like a goddess and gods are not people. And unfortunately, humans have like visible panty lines and like blow after they eat donuts. Um, so it was very important for me to preserve the fantasy for like the six hours that was the wedding. And I, I wrestled with that, you know, I was thinking I shouldn't have to wear shapewear. The fact that I feel pressured to like squeeze my body into a certain shape for the wedding. Like, what am I trying to prove? Like my body is beautiful the way it is. But at the same time, I was like, these photos will be taken. Um, you know, photos are not real life. Like in real life, you move and have different angles. But in a photo, like one unflattering angle might be like not what you want to see. I, I, I felt guilty about it at first, but then I thought of it more as just like insurance, almost like um like a preserving factor, like uh like like almost like a the physical equivalent of like a warm up or a cool down, just to like keep things the way I wanted it to look. I really appreciated Audrey's candor about her internal conflicts over shapewear. She captures what I know is a common experience for women who are critical of body culture, feeling guilty about surrendering. It's a real double bind, and I think it's infuriating. I also think, though, that what she brings out here is the sense of shapewear as a kind of armor. It's a tool, in a way, that's used to move more comfortably through the strange experience of being photographed the way that you're on your wedding day. It shows a really keen recognition of what's at stake, an understanding that this is a performance. In that sense, it's of a piece with the way that Audrey talks about her really intentional desire to harness the symbolism of the contrasting dresses. In the end, Audrey loves to look back at the photos of the outfits and the event they pulled off. It, it is what I hoped for. I, they're, they're beautiful photos, not to sound conceited, but um, yeah, I looked good and she looked good and it was really beautiful. Um, I, I guess we spent a lot of time thinking about how to make the wedding um, fun for everyone else because I knew that like a fun wedding for our friends would be the wedding that we would cherish going forward. Um, it was always about like the friendship um, and also being true to ourselves. Yeah, it was just super nice to have it all, have it all come together. Finally, I asked Audrey about her decision to put their wedding photos up on the internet for anyone to see. Um, mostly it comes from the fact that I tried to Google two Asian women getting married, different color dresses and got zero hits, which is, I mean, I know it's a very specific combination, but I feel like it shouldn't be that rare. Like you can find almost anything on the internet. And myself, when I was planning the wedding, I spent a lot of time on the LGBT weddings, Reddit board, reading about all sorts of topics. And so I just hope that it helps someone get a frame of reference. Not that I want to be, it's not that I want to inspire other people, but I just want to show people like, there's a lot of possibilities and you can do anything you want during your wedding, even if you've never seen it before. And even if you've never seen it before, it might turn out looking really good. I love this because we circle back to the 
dilemma that Audrey was facing when they started planning the wedding, of the sheer lack of images of what they wanted to see there. So she created the vision she wanted, though not without some unexpected detours, and they gifted it to the next generation of queer marriers on the internet. We hope you'll join us next time for our final episode, when we'll feature a wonderful celebratory story about Jay's wedding clothes. Redressing Weddings is produced by Ilya Parkins and Kenya Gutteridge. Editing is by Kenya Gutteridge. The podcast is supported by funding from the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada. Our deep thanks go to all participants for sharing their stories.